Hey, Joey. It's Phil. I'm really sorry for bailing on you last night. That sucked. There's no two ways about it. I could give you the truly exceptional story that led to me not showing up and not calling you, but it's gonna sound crazy and I don't want to make excuses. It's on me. Tell you what, if you feel like giving me another chance, I'll tell you the story on our third date. How's Friday? We can go to that bar you like, and there's a mini-golf course not far from there if you want to embarrass me again. Give me a call back, you know, if you want. Alright. Later! Next message. Okay, so two voicemails in a row. Not a good look. But missing the date does warrant some explanation, so if we do go out on Friday, I'll find some other funny story to share. And listen, I don't... I'm not trying to guilt you into meeting up with me or anything. I totally understand if I blew it. Okay. Here goes. So, I picked up a bouquet of flowers that morning, and I was really excited to bring them along. I hadn't liked a girl enough to give her flowers in, like, years, I think. But there I am, that night, in the car on track for being nice and early, and I realize I left them in the vase at my place, so I turn right around and go back. I get back to the house, and I notice the front door is open. I must have been so excited I forgot to close it up. I don't think much of it, so I, I just go inside and grab the flowers, and the place has been trashed. I mean, like, really wrecked, broken dishes, my couch is torn to shreds, so I start freaking out thinking I've been robbed. I call 911, and while I'm waiting, I hear this thumping sound from inside my bedroom. I rush up there and slam the door shut, and just sit there, as I hear someone moving around inside, tearing shit apart. I didn't have the courage to say anything. So the cops roll up, and they open up the door, all freeze, hands in the air, like an episode of CSI, and... They see the raccoon that my dumbass let into the house when I left the door open. It was so embarrassing, and I started taking stock of my house. It wasn't until I found the broken vase that I remembered, and by that point I was more than an hour late. I should have called right then, but I was so shaken and just in this really anxious place. I got this idea in my head that I had already blown it so bad you'd never want to talk to me. I... I struggle with anxiety sometimes, which is maybe TMI, but... Well, here we are. Again, this isn't about guilt. Was really hoping to tell you all that in person. And I'm okay, and everything, but... Anyway, that's it. Give me a call if I... if I haven't totally blown it by now. Bye. Shit. Next message. So, uh, this is borderline creepy now, and I'm gonna keep it short. I know you probably don't want to see me, or you'd have called me back before now, given that it is Friday, and I showed up at the bar, kind of hoping you'd be there. I realized how stupid that was, and I realize now, sitting here, that you are... Definitely not interested.
And that's fine. Super. 100% okay. I totally understand. So, I guess I'm just calling you to... You seem... You're really cool. And I hope you have a good life. Alright? Bye for real this time. End of recorded messages. What was I supposed to say? What would I have told him if I'd called him back? Or if I'd answered his calls in the first place? Here, he was with a story about a raccoon breaking into his house, and with the night I had? That sounded completely normal. I suddenly felt like everyone I talked to, every person I ever interacted with, I was keeping a secret from. Anyone I was close with, I was lying to. I took every vacation day and every sick day I had from work right away. I couldn't face my coworkers or my bosses. I couldn't even tell my therapist. I kept hoping that this would all go away, that it would start to seem normal or like it had been a dream. But it didn't. How could it? How could I just move on? It had been weeks. I was sitting on the tiny balcony of my apartment and staring out at the street, daylight washing over it, casting away the darkness, revealing every corner. I watched as the cars drove by. I watched as people came home and left. I watched the world keep spinning as if there weren't people in it who were upside down. And then I saw it. A car had pulled into the parking lot and stopped dead in the center. It was silver, a mid-sized sedan, and it was just idling there, right outside of my apartment. I leaned forward, hands wrapping around the railing. Was this one of the agents, come back to collect me? Was it one of the 26 on some sort of secret mission? Did the car even have a driver, or was this another instance of weirdness that I just... Hello? Hey, Joey? Who is this? It's Clint, your Uber driver. Is that you up there staring at my car? Oh, right. Sorry, I'll be right down. I was just... I'll be right down. I was losing it. Brielle had found a way to get my car back to me, but I couldn't stand driving. Not after what had happened last time. I was too freaked out to be alone behind the wheel, and I was running out of food, so... An Uber to the grocery store. I forgot I'd even called for one. That was how my life had been. For weeks. Expecting the unusual in every ordinary thing. Getting lost in nightmares I would make up for myself. How long was this going to keep going? Who could I talk to about it? What could I do? Ugh. Thank you. You really don't have to. It's no big deal. I know the struggles of having to make multiple trips to the car. Unthinkable. Exactly. Just 
be sure to leave me a five-star review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. You good? Yeah, I, yeah, just set them down. I'll get it from here. Sure thing. Have a good one. Enjoy your microwave dinners, among other things. You too. Yeah. Okay. The front door was cracked open. I knew I had been forgetting little details like calling an Uber driver or whether or not I had eaten breakfast, but I had been very careful to close and lock my door every time I had to leave for any reason. And it was open. Just an inch. I left the groceries my driver had carried on the ground and nudged the door open with my foot, looking around before cautiously stepping inside. Hello? Everything seemed to be normal. No sign of any people. Or raccoons, for that matter. Brielle? Sam? I set my own bags down and did a quick walkthrough of the house. I checked my kitchen, my tiny living area, my bedroom, behind the shower curtain in the bathroom. Nothing. And no one. I pushed the door open again and got my groceries from the hallway, bringing them inside and carrying them to the kitchen. I'm losing it. I walked back to the front door to grab the rest of my groceries and stopped. Get it together, Joey. You're just making up nightmares. One of the plastic bags had tipped over. That happened. Sometimes. I told myself. It's how gravity worked. (laughs) I picked up the bags and nudged the front door closed. I took a few minutes to restock my fridge and fill my pantry with non-perishables. I'd gotten a lot of those. I wanted to make as few trips to anywhere as possible. And even with sick days, I had enough money in my bank account to live like an apocalyptic hoarder for a little while. It was therapeutic, putting things away. It made me feel normal for a few minutes. When I finished, I went back to the living area to lock the front door. I swore I had closed it already. I stared at the door for an unhealthy amount of time, half expecting it to unlock and open itself. But of course it wouldn't. Of course it didn't. This was a normal life again, and my mind was filling in the impossible wherever it could, ignoring all logic and reason. I shook my head clear and walked to my room. The whole apartment was connected in a simple, twisting line. My living area, with the front door and a barely used couch, led straight to my kitchen, which led to a hallway that had three doors. My bedroom, my bathroom, a utility closet. I checked the ladder one last time, assuring that there were no ghosts hiding within, but no, just a vacuum cleaner and a copious amount of spare trash bags. I went to my bathroom and washed my face, trying to shake myself out of the funk I was in, trying to stop thinking about the bizarre events that led me to this moment. Somehow, I thought, 
I had to get back to having a normal life. I stared in the mirror for a minute. It was just me. Just my face. I tried on a smile, but it didn't fit quite right. The look of uneasy concern that I typically wore these days had become unsettlingly comfortable. I left the bathroom and headed back to the kitchen to make myself something to eat. Holy shit! Holy shit! Oh my god! That was the moment I knew it was real. Because everything I had imagined for the last two weeks didn't even come close to what I had just seen in my kitchen. I looked around my room for something I could use to defend myself. Anything. I had left my purse in the kitchen, so pepper spray wasn't happening. Not that it would help against... Whatever that was. About a week earlier, I had searched through my house for anything I could use to defend myself, like I was in some sort of zombie movie. To the forefront, I got out an old softball bat that I'd never bothered to get rid of, even when I moved. So now, I clutched it tightly, took a deep breath, and cracked my door open. No sign of it in the hallway. Did I even know what I was looking for? I had only seen what I assumed was a small part of this thing. I nudged the door farther open with the bat, looking around in the blind spots the door had created before. Once I was sure the hallway was clear, I took a step towards the kitchen, but stopped. I wanted to be certain of what I was seeing. I shut the door pointedly behind me, making sure I closed it all the way. I stepped back into the kitchen. It was gone. But I knew what I had seen. It must have still been in the apartment with me. Judging by the look of the pantry, it retreated from the kitchen as quickly and frantically as I had. Maybe I scared it when I screamed. A newly opened box of cereal now lay on the floor, plastic bags still sealed but halfway out of the box. I tried to imagine what the rest of this thing might look like based on what I'd seen. The sleeve was blue, with a frilly white lace cuff. The skin was pale. The hand was long, the fingers lithe, the nails... yellow, I thought. It had just been the one arm, but it was so long... I stayed at the entrance of the kitchen for a moment, dreading the lack of eyes on the back of my head, knowing that anything could be behind me. But I didn't turn. Not yet. I moved pointedly forward, taking charge of the situation. I picked up the cereal, returned it to the pantry, and shut the door. Then I backed up to the hallway again never taking my eyes off of the other entrance into the room. I stared, but nothing. It must have been in the living area. It must have been. I chanced to glance behind me to be sure the hallway was still clear. It was. There on the table was my purse. I took it and threw it over my shoulder. 
if I was going to get pulled back into this, I was going to be as prepared as I could. Phone, pepper spray, knife. For now, though, I felt better with the bat. Now, as armed and ready as I could be, I moved quietly to the living area and looked around. I couldn't see anything, nothing out of place at least, except... I walked to the front door, which was just barely open, but the deadbolt was still engaged. Could it have gone? Could it have fit out that tiny crack? I closed the door again just to be sure. If nothing else, it was a tell. If it opened again, I'd know. I turned around and looked back to the kitchen. I felt like a maniac pacing my apartment looking for some sort of rodent that slipped in the front door. Only in this case, the rodent was a single, impossibly long arm that had been opening my doors and digging through my groceries. (sighs) It sounded even more ridiculous thinking about it out loud. The kitchen was still clear. I didn't allow the thought that maybe I had imagined it. I knew too much. There was no way this was just nerves. No way I was hallucinating. This was real. And it was here. Or at least it had been. I felt like I had been holding my breath for minutes. So I exhaled carefully. And then allowed air back in again. I moved to the hallway. The door to my room was cracked open. I clenched the bat tighter. Not willing to waste any more time, I charged forward and practically kicked the door ajar. I stood at the center of my room, looking around frantically, but there was nothing. I was getting desperate. I ran from my room, slamming the door behind me and went back to the kitchen. Nothing. The living area. Nothing. The hallway. Where was it hiding? What was it? What was I supposed to do? I slowed myself down. I forced myself to at least pretend to be calm. When I had seen it the first time, I wasn't expecting it. And it did leave quickly. If it was afraid, well, that made two of us. But I had to find a way to get it to calm down too, or I'd never have a chance to, well, to do whatever it is I thought I was going to do when I found it. I'd cross that bridge later. I knelt down on the kitchen floor. I rested the bat in my lap, and I closed my eyes. I waited. I listened. Maybe if I couldn't see it, I could hear it. It was coming from behind me. Either my room, the bathroom or the utility closet. I kept my eyes closed. I waited. My heartbeat was leveling. I wasn't afraid, I told myself. I'd met a lantern man, an upside-down man, been interrogated and escaped from a supernatural holding facility. This wouldn't hurt me. Not after everything I'd been through. There were no other sounds. Just a feeling 
a feeling like a stranger brushing against me in a crowd. Just barely noticeable. Just clothing on clothing. I didn't give it time to go any further. I had whirled around and smashed my bat at whatever was behind me. It was gone by the time I turned, but I caught a glimpse, just for a second, of a wiry hand pulling the bathroom door shut. My eyes narrowed with determination. I've got you now! Get out of my house! I stomped towards the bathroom with undeserved confidence and grabbed the handle. Locked. Patience and reason had abandoned me. I smashed the handle to the ground, security deposit be damned, and flung the door open. But it was gone. The bathroom was empty again. What the fuck? But I had another idea. I stepped into the bathroom and turned to face the mirror, looking at the disheveled, winded, glistening face of a woman I barely recognized. I pushed my hair out of my eyes and stared for just a second longer, still holding my bat in one hand. Then, I took a deep breath and I closed my eyes one more time. I waited for the feeling. And like clockwork, it came. What did this thing want from me? What was it doing? Once I could feel it behind me, I decided to wait just a few more seconds. And then, I felt its skin, if that's what it was. Like a butterfly's wing, soft, barely present. Like lace on my neck. I snapped my eyes open, and there it was. I could feel my heart sink into my gut as two long arms wrapped in blue cotton and lace frantically pulled themselves out of the room. I reached to try and catch one, but they were too quick, so I followed them out into the hallway. I couldn't tell where the joints were. As soon as I rounded the corner, it seemed the source of the arms was already far away in the kitchen or farther. The hallway was only about 12 feet long, but it was still 12 feet long, and the arms were barely halfway through it when I saw them. I gave frantic chase into the kitchen, and already they were retreating into the living area. I sprung out into the room to see my front door open again. The deadbolt snapped, the origin of the arms somewhere past the entrance. The door slammed shut behind them, and I flung it open again, rushing outside. It was gone. What the fuck? And the door closed behind me. Hey. Hey! What? You... I ran down the stairs and onto the lawn in front of the apartments, ignoring whatever my neighbors were surely thinking. I had already caused plenty of damage to the building. What was a little more? I moved to the balcony to climb up, to break the glass door if I had to. But in the time it took me to steal myself for the climb, I saw one of the arms again. Its palm was pressed against the glass, lace sleeve hanging down beneath it. I couldn't see how far back the arm went. And it dawned on me. I wouldn't have the slightest idea 
of how to handle this if I did get back in. What was I supposed to do? I welcomed the distraction from the situation in my home. I thought I had turned my phone to silent, but I was getting a text notification. Maybe I had silenced it. Maybe this was something else. It was a text message from an unknown number. It read, There's something you need to see. Then an address I didn't know, with my zip code at least. Then, they aren't all bad. And it was signed in a different font that looked more like handwriting. I didn't even know you could change the font of a text message. It was signed, Crypt ID. Crypt ID is a production of Aftershock Entertainment, created by Joshua Kurtz. The voice of Joey was Ellen Cohn. The voice of Phil was Sam Trackman. The voices of the Uber drivers were Russell Klimas and Veronica Robertson. Original story and music by Joshua Kurtz. The word of the day is spelled J-X-D-U-G-L-D-Q.